great idea. All right. So Cain and Abel. You know, on that song by Mumford Sons, the uh, Sigh No More, a couple of times there's a nice line in there that talks about men being the man that we were made to be. And I think, at least for my generation, perhaps for those a little bit younger than I as well, figuring out the question to who am I made to be is increasingly difficult in a culture that's increasingly a little bit disorienting for us. This text, I hope, will give me a chance not only to speak to that sense of disorientation that I, I'm sensitive to in the world that men live in today, but also a couple of quick insights, and I will try to be quick, <laughs> quick insights into an aspect of this story that often isn't a part of the focus or the emphasis that we get out of this story, but that really raises up and elevates the importance of men and fathers in our lives today. There's a lot that tends to be overlooked in this story. But let's start with the old stereotype. Now, you got the gist of the story. Most of you already know it, right? So, Adam and Eve, after they're unceremoniously bounced out of the garden, they get busy. And Cain comes first. Abel is second, right? There's some thoughts that they're probably twins. And then when they're grown, Cain works the land and Abel keeps livestock as a, as a shepherd. One day they go together to make an offering to God, and God shows preference for Abel's offering over Cain's. Now Cain takes exception to this. He gets so upset, so angry, so disgruntled that he lures Abel out in the fields and murders him. And as we know, much of history tends to repeat itself. So just like he did in the Garden of Eden, God shows up asking questions. This time he asks Cain, where is Abel? Now Cain is evasive, kind of like the original conversation, so God tells Cain that he already knows what's happened to Abel, and he doles out his punishment to Cain. There's a word graph. The graph represents word associations based off of a primary word, and in this instance, the primary word, of course, is Cain. The words most often associated with the word Cain are the biggest words, working their way down to the smallest one, and they're all arranged in this little graph. Here, the most often associated words are God, and then words such as Abel, sin, offering, brother, and murder. Likewise, if you do a simple kind of Google search on Bible studies or Sunday school lessons about Cain and Abel, it reveals that the most common lessons that I came up with are on the dangers of anger, punishment for sin, our efforts and our inability to hide from God. Evidently, it takes multiple generations for us to learn this. And then the danger of jealousy and on love as an alternative to hate. So I doubt that for those of us that are really familiar with this story that this is much of a surprise. Now I'm not suggesting in any way that these themes are not in the story or that they never apply as relevant themes or lessons for teaching. They do, of course. They are and they do. But once again, 
If we begin to think that these themes that we're most familiar with are really at the essence or the core of the story, then I think we've some, missed something really, really insightful and really, really big, and that would be God. And the bigger story of God and His place in this story. And I wonder if in a very subtle way, men around us, fathers around us, suffer as well. And here's what I mean. I fear that the story of Cain and Abel, at some level, has become a kind of a, a template for an unspoken belief lodged really deeply within many, not all certainly, but within many of us, that men just can't be trusted to live in peace. If you give guys a club <laughs> and you don't give us any rules about how to use that club, we're not going to be golfing at the U.S. Open. Give two, guys, two of us a club and we're going to be outside bashing things. And before you know it, because we're guys, we're going to be bashing each other. And sure enough, one of us is going to come crying in the house, Mommy, he hit me with the club. Even for those of you who grew up watching the Flintstones. Remember the Flintstones? Lit Nobody remembers the Flintstones? Oh, all right. Whew. thought I was alone on an island there for a second. <laughs> Growing up watching the Flintstones, you know, kind of towards the end of that cartoon series, Fred and Wilma got busy. They had two kids, right? They had a girl named... Pebbles. That's right, Pebbles. And the boy... Bam Bam. Bam Bam. <laughs> Bam Bam. Now tell us, even when I was young... I had a concern for Bam Bam's future. All the kid could do was sit with his club and bam things and say, Bam Bam, that's all he knew how to do. I thought, this kid has no future. Where is he going? I'm worried about him. <laughs> but that's kind of the stereotype of the guys, right? Now, the sarcasm in my voice and our laughter together, however, also maybe touching on a kind of growing issue in our culture, a stereotype about men that I think is doing them at the very least a great disservice, if not some level of genuine harm. For if this word graph 